You know, we're in a series of messages this month called The Songs of Christmas. And we've been looking at some of those special songs that just truly bring us in the Christmas spirit. And today I want to talk to you about that song, O Holy Night. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. We celebrate that, that Christmas where Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came into our world. And what a great gift that God gave us. And I don't know about how your family works, but our family, the uh, Jacob's family, my wife's side of the family, they, they always do the, uh, the white elephant gifts at Christmas. Do you guys do that? Anybody here do that? Our, our family did that last night. You know, that white elephant gift is an exchange. Every person that's going to participate brings a, a gift, uh, and it's wrapped. And then we all draw numbers to see who goes first and what order we go in. And then you get to choose one of those gifts from the middle of the floor where you're circled around those gifts. And some families have some extraordinarily crazy rules, and, and uh, we just try to keep it simple that uh, you can get your gift and and then you can steal somebody else's gift, uh, or you can still choose one from the floor. After three times, you can't steal a gift more than three times. But here's the cool thing is the, the first person to go also gets to be the last person to go, and they can either keep what they got, or they can go and steal anything else in the circle. And uh, so we're going to be offering family counseling uh, in the new year <laughs> for all the hurt feelings of people who had something stolen from them. But you know, that, that really, the, the goal of the white elephant activity is to see if you can go away with the best gift of all. You want to scope out the best gift, and you hope that you can get the best gift and take that home. And you know, Christmas is about the best gift. Amen. Not the gift that we give each other, but the gift that God gave to us over 2,000 years ago. When, as you heard from the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke, that God sent his son into the world. That is what Christmas is all about. And often there's this misperception about who that gift is for. Some people in, in the world today, and maybe some people sitting here this morning, believe that that gift is only for good people. You know, for religious people. For people that have their act together. But God's gift of love and acceptance and forgiveness, God's gift of grace isn't for me. Because look at my life. Look at the things I've done. Look at my past. Look at my present. Look at my habits and my hang-ups. And that, that gift of God's forgiveness and love, that's for those good people, those religious people, those church-going people. But that's not for me. God couldn't love me like that. Well, dear friend, is that true? That God did not send his son for you, just for good people? You know, there's this universal belief for many people that believes you have to be good in order to get God's gift. I mean, that's the way Santa works. You better not pout. better not cry. But, you know, is it true? You can ask people today on the street. Go to the town center today. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ever get there, and if you don't, just roll down your window and ask the car, the people next to you, what does it take for a person to go to heaven when they die? And nine times out of ten, here's the answer you're going to get. Well, you, you need to be good. You need to treat people right. You need to do the right things. 
And you just need to hope that at the end of your life, there's more good than bad. Somehow, people will give you a works answer that to get God's gift of his forgiveness, of his love, of his grace, of a relationship with him, and heaven as your home for eternity, that you've got to be good and you've got to hope. But is that what the Bible says? Is that what Christmas is all about? Listen, it's not much of a gift, is it, if I've got to earn it, if I've got to work for it, if I've got to pay for it? I think the answer, maybe to someone's struggle and someone's fear and someone's question here this morning, do I have to be good to get this gift, can be found not from my opinion or yours or what the people down at the town center may say. I think we ought to go to what God has revealed in his word. And one of the most notorious sinners who ever lived who actually in the early days of Christianity consented to the death of Christians for one reason. He hated Christians. And he hated their claim that Jesus was the Messiah. We first meet him on the pages of Scripture by the name of Saul, his Hebrew name. Later, we see Saul going to arrest Christians to take them back to Jerusalem, put them on trial for blasphemy because he considered it blasphemous to believe that Jesus is God in flesh. He considered it blasphemous to believe that a crucified criminal like Jesus, in his mind, could be the Messiah. And because Christians were preaching this, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus died on the cross, but three days later he physically rose from the dead and we have seen him with our own eyes and we are willing to put our lives on the line. Kill us. Throw us in prison. Persecute us if you want to. But we can't stop telling you what we've experienced. Jesus is alive. He's the Son of God. And because of that, Saul hated them. And he tried to stamp out Christianity in its nascent form. But later, he is knocked off his horse as Jesus appears to him, victorious and alive. And he's blinded. And he hears the voice of Jesus, why do you persecute me? And in that moment, his life was changed. Even though he had consented to the death of Christians, even though he had persecuted the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was undone with the knowledge that God still loved him and that Jesus did not appear to him to condemn him for what he had done, but to forgive him for what he had done. Many years later, this man that we now know more by his Roman name, Paul, wrote a letter to a young pastor named Timothy. And here's what he said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, about that holy night when Jesus was born. He says, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save good people. Is that what he wrote? No, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul adds of himself, of whom I am the foremost. King James Version, I am the chiefest of all sinners. This is why Jesus came into the world. Salvation is not a gift for good people. Salvation is a gift for guilty people. And Paul says, I'm the guiltiest person of all because of how I treated Jesus and because of how I treated his people. You see, Christmas is about the revelation of the Savior. 
It's about the revelation of the Savior. He says, Christ Jesus came into the world. Now, whenever you open up your presents, whether you do some on Christmas Eve or like our family, you wait till Christmas morning, you see those beautifully wrapped presents, unless the husband wrapped them. Uh, you see those wrapped presents, and you don't really know what's inside. You can hope, and you can guess, and you can shake, and you can try to figure it out. But it's not until you pull back the wrapping do you see what's really on the inside. And I pray that this Christmas season, you can peel back the wrappings and the trappings of Christmas that have attached themselves to this time of the year, the food and the festivities and the family and all of the football and whatever else is important to you at Christmas. And I pray that you can wrap back, pull back that wrapping and see that really Christmas is about the revelation of the Savior. It's about God showing himself in human flesh through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, Christ Jesus came into the world. That first Christmas was not just an incident in history. It was an invasion from eternity. Because Christ speaks of his deity. That's the Hebrew word for Messiah, the anointed one. The one that the Old Testament had promised would come and save not only the Jewish people, but all the people of the world if they would trust in him. That Christ that was promised is none other than the Jesus who was born. And Jesus speaks of his humanity. So you have his deity, Christ, his humanity, Jesus, born of a virgin, the Virgin Mary, and who lived a perfect and sinless life. And he came into this world to save sinners. It's the revelation of the Savior. But Christmas is also about the rescue of sinners. Because he says, Christ Jesus, God in flesh, the God-man, came into the world on a rescue mission. He came to save sinners. And that's good news for me. And I know you, that's good news for you too, that he came to save sinners. Aren't you grateful for that? Even the name Jesus, Yeshua, in Hebrew means salvation is of God. It means Jehovah saves. Every time Mary went out to the front door to call in little Jesus for supper time, and she would cry out his name, Yeshua, Yeshua, come in. She was saying, Jehovah saves, come in. Jehovah saves, come in. Because that's what his name means. And he came to rescue sinners. I wonder if it's dawned on you this morning that Jesus came because you are a sinner. That you've, you've done things that aren't pleasing to God. You've broken God's laws. And listen, I don't have to preach long for you to know that you're a sinner. You've not only broken God's law, you've got your own standard of right and wrong. And you don't even always keep your own standard of right and wrong. You say every morning, I'm going to be good in traffic this morning. I'm just going to be patient. I'm going to hold it together. And you don't make it five miles down the road. You can't even live up to your own standard, much less God's standard. And God's standard is that we love him perfectly with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, Jesus said. And Jesus said the greatest, the second greatest commandment is that you love your neighbor as yourself. And we fail on both of those counts. We love ourselves more than we love God, and we don't always treat our neighbor like we would treat ourselves. We are sinners 
My favorite verse is John 3.16. Maybe the kids here today know John 3.16. If you do, why don't you say it out loud with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16. That's what Christmas is all about. It is about God sending his son to rescue us from our sin so that we don't have to perish in our sin, so that we don't have to die and spend eternity separated from a holy God who is perfect. We can be forgiven. We can have the gift of eternal life. I wonder how you would respond if Jesus knocked on your door this Christmas morning and said, Hey, I'm Jesus. I'm here to rescue you. You say, what do you mean, rescue me? It reminds me of that story of the, the flood, a hundred-year flood that came to a little rural town. And an old man in his home was just praying that God would save him. And so a neighbor comes by on a tractor and says, the water's rising. Jump on the tractor. Let's go to higher ground. The old man said, nope, I pray God will take care of me. He says, okay. And he goes. The water keeps rising. Now it's up to the windowsills of the home. But the old man keeps praying, God, I trust you to save me. Another neighbor comes by on a boat. Hey, man, you better get in. This water's rising. Nope, I prayed God's going to take care of me. So off the guy goes in his boat. The water keeps rising. The man has now been relegated to the roof of his home because the water is so high. A helicopter comes Let's down a ladder. You better climb on. The water's rising. No, God's going to take care of me. And the man drowns. And he gets to heaven. And he says, God, why did you not hear my prayers? Why did you let me down? God says, I sent you a man on a tractor, a man in a boat, and a helicopter. What more do you want? And I wonder if this morning God is not looking over the parapets of heaven saying to you who think you can earn your way to heaven or that you can be good enough and that you can make your way into God's good graces. I sent my son who was sinless and spotless and he lived a life that you could never live and he died the death you deserve to die. He took your punishment on the cross of Calvary. I vindicated that he is the son of God by raising him from the dead on the third day. There's nothing more I can do to prove to you that I love you and he's my one and only rescue plan for you. You better get on board with Jesus. You need to turn from your sin and put your faith in him. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 that Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. In Romans chapter 3 verse 23 tells us who those people are. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When you go back to work after the holidays and they ask you, what did you do on Christmas Eve Eve? Say, I hung out with a few hundred of the biggest sinners you've ever seen. And when they want to know what's the name of that bar, you say, oh, no, that's Fort Caroline Baptist Church. <laughs> because we are all sinners. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the good news is, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is God's gift to you, not for good people, but for guilty people. 
People who know that they need Jesus. One of our family traditions around the Christmas time when I was growing up was to play games. This was one that we learned to play early on. I think my parents made us play this because it would keep us busy for hours. Monopoly. You remember playing Monopoly? Anybody play Monopoly still? That's a good game. That's a fun game. You know one thing I love about Monopoly? Is it comes with this card. You know what that card is? <laughs> That's a get out of jail free card, buddy. It only works in Monopoly, I just want to tell you. Somebody just looked at their neighbor, where can I get one of those? You better be good this weekend. The judge won't be back till Thursday. So that's a get out of free jail card. It works a monopoly. If you land on that, go to jail space, and you wind up in jail, you've got to have this card to get out. And you know what? Jesus came because we are imprisoned in a world of sin that we could never get ourselves out of, can't be good enough. And even if I could be perfect from this day forward, which we all know is impossible, I still got my past I have to deal with. Those sins that are unforgiven. But Jesus paid the price when he died for us on the cross of Calvary. And he offers you a free gift, but it cost him everything. You don't have to be good or earn your way into God's grace. You just have to trust in Jesus because he was good enough for all of us. And he died our death. And he offers you the free gift of eternal life. Jesus is not only, Christmas is not only about the revelation of the Savior. Christmas is not only about the rescue of sinners. Christmas is also about the reliability of the scriptures. Listen to this word. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Christmas is about the reliability of the scriptures. This saying that Jesus came to save us is faithful. And it's worthy of your trust. It's believable. Not everything people say around the Christmas holidays is believable. Whenever your wife opens that Christmas present Sunday morning or Christmas morning and it's a vacuum cleaner, she says, thank you. It's what I've always wanted. She may not be telling you the truth. When instead of getting the usual Christmas bonus, you get the jelly of the month club, the gift that keeps on giving. Like Clark Griswold, you, you may say thank you, but you may be lying. You can't believe everything you hear at Christmas but Paul says, one thing you can stake your very life on is this statement that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, the reason I know it is I don't just know it theoretically, hypothetically. I know it personally and experientially because I am exhibit A. The chiefest of sinners, the foremost of sinners, who persecuted and rejected Jesus and persecuted his church. But look at what he's done for me. In fact, he would go on and he would, 
he would tell us in verse 16. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Paul says, you want me to tell you why God saved me? From my sin and from dying and going to hell because of all the bad things I've done. God did not save me from my sin because I'm a good person. He saved me even though I'm a guilty person. But he also wanted me to be an example to you. If he can do that for me, he can do the same for you. And I don't know what you've done in your life and what those sins are that you've committed in the past that you're ashamed of and the things in your life that you wish you could do over again. But I can promise you this, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and the offer of his forgiveness if you'll just trust in Jesus. Paul is your greatest example that Jesus Christ truly came into the world to save sinners. It's my prayer that you will see Christmas through the lens of the grace of God revealed in Jesus. You know, that's a paradigm shift. Whenever you can see what you've always seen, but now you see it in a different way. It's called a paradigm shift. And some of you in this room need a paradigm shift. Some of you don't know how to just embrace the love and the forgiveness of God and rest in that. You need a paradigm shift. Others of you are thinking, I'm too far gone for God to forgive me. You need a paradigm shift. And those of you are already Christians. You've put your faith in Jesus and you're confident in that. But can I tell you, you need a paradigm shift. Some of you do because you have forgotten this message that has changed our life is for the whole world to hear. And you need to get on board with what Fort Caroline Baptist Church is doing to take this message to the world. You need a paradigm shift. I was watching a video on YouTube the other day that I think illustrates a paradigm shift. Watch this. What are these things? Little boy's getting colorblind corrective glasses. We got them. Shirt? Purple? Your grant shirt? Yellow? A lot of green out here, huh? Is it a golf course so green? Check out the SBA signal. His baseball equipment. 
never knows what color things are. You see the seams. <laughs> you see the different colors here, the green and the orange for the old canes. Yeah. Why you look different? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love that boy's response. He will never see his world the same again. And did you hear when he was asked, are you going to take him off? I don't want to. <laughs> and did you hear his response to that great gift? Thank you. Thank you. What should you do this morning if you need to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sin. What do you need to do this morning? Maybe having remembered or maybe having heard for the first time what Christmas is all about. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Maybe your response is simply to say, thank you. Thank you. I received this gift as my own. Thank you. Don't insult the person who gives you a gift by pulling out, let me pay you for that. Let me, let me just pay you for that. They're trying to give you a gift. Just say thank you and accept it. And this morning, if you need Jesus, friend, I'm not trying to make it just dumbed down. I'm just trying to preach the gospel here. It's a gift for you. Offered by God himself, paid for by Jesus. All you need to do is say thank you. I received this for myself. Remember the boys and girls taught us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Will you just put your faith in Jesus Christ today? It'll be a paradigm shift. You'll never see Christmas the same. You'll never see your life the same. You're not going to be perfect this day going forward. We're still sinners, but now we're saved we're forgiven, we're accepted, we have confidence, and we have a relationship with Jesus that helps us live every day a little better than we would have without him. And so today, would you receive him? In fact, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And maybe in this prayer, you'll talk to God silently from where you sit. You don't have to walk an aisle to trust Jesus. You don't have to fill out a piece of paper to trust Jesus. You can do it right where you sit. But I am going to ask you to do something. Be bold enough to let me know today that you've committed your life to Christ because I would just want to rejoice with you and this church would love to rejoice with you. So maybe after this prayer, if you're going to trust Jesus as your Savior, you'll use that Let's Connect card and just write your name on there. Maybe give us your email address and say, I committed my life to Christ. Or go to fcbc.life and use that Let's Connect card. It's a, it, you can open that in any web browser. But don't leave today without letting someone know, today I received the greatest gift ever. I received the gift of God's love through faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And then after I pray, uh, our, our worship team is going to come back and we're going to light our candles and we're going to just celebrate Jesus, the light of the world. Does that sound like a good deal? So let's pray and then let's continue uh, to worship and sing. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this reminder from the life of the Apostle Paul that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And this saying is trustworthy, and it's faithful, it's dependable, it's believable, it's worthy of our confidence. This message is for all of us. We're all sinners, and you love us all in any way. 
and you gave the great gift of Jesus. So God, for those of us who have already committed our lives to Christ, we thank you. We praise you. And thank you for letting us see Christmas in a new way that we'll never lose. But Father, there could be a mom or a dad, a husband or a wife, maybe a single adult in this room, maybe one of these children or a teenager, even a senior adult, might even be a church member who realizes, I've never personally received Jesus into my life as my Lord and my Savior. I know about him, I've heard about him, but I've never personally made a commitment of belief in him. And today, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So God, if that is true of anyone in this room, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment, in the silence of their heart, they would say to you, Dear God, that's right, friend, you can pray in your heart. He'll hear you. Dear God, I admit to you I am a sinner. But I believe you love me anyway. Thank you for your love. I believe Jesus is your son that you sent into the world. He lived a perfect life where I have lived a sinful life. And when he died, he died for me. He took my punishment. He died to save me from it by taking it himself. And I believe that he rose from the dead. So today I confess I am a sinner. And I confess my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for this great gift of love. Thank you that salvation from sin is not a gift for good people. It is a gift for guilty people. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.